ladies and gentlemen, this is a public service announcement. For regular viewers and listeners of AWI Pod, please do not be offended because this program contains good wrestling. Packed episode of Warring to Attitude. I said last week was episode 24, but I was a liar because last week was 23. This week is 24, and I may be a liar again. Perhaps this is 25. We don't know. I'm your host, Brent Miles at AWI Pod on your Twitter or X or whatever the fuck you call it now. And of course, with me as always is a man who lives across the ocean and is from the future. Here's the ballroom brawling disco dancing down in my stretch and intercontinental playboy. Folks, he's more over than a stadium stampede match. Glenn, how you doing? I'm doing fine. I've got no no skewers sticking out the top of my head or a fork. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that looked like. That looked like a bunch of chopsticks. Uh, long chopsticks, but it looked like a funny hairdo. By the time they stuck them into his head and they sort of separated, it yeah. was nasty. It was nasty. So full disclosure here, I did not watch the all-in pay-per-view yesterday, but Glenn did have a look at it, and he, he enjoyed what he saw, right, Glenn? Except for a few things. Funny, the, the funniest thing I saw in that stadium stampede match was at one point, um, who was it? Oh, because you know my... Eddie Kingston crashes into the bar because this is going this is going on everywhere within the stadium, as it, as it says by the... And I, I live in Nebraska and I know what a stampede is. And who's sitting at the bar but Sesha Boff Martina, as she would be. I mean, we're, yeah, I, I imagine any bar you run into, she's there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's good. That's good to see that Martina was on the show. That's great. Yeah, she said she got to work for AEW as a barmaid. I've just seen, I'm looking at, at the results because you know my memory is absolutely dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> MJF and Adam Cole defeated Aussie Open. Um, Hook defeated Jack Perry in the pre-show matches, which I didn't see. So I, was, I didn't join. I don't know if this is all bullshit, but I heard there was a pre-show match between Jack Perry and uh, CM Punk behind the scenes. Apparently so. But Miro <laughs> did Miro did quote tweet that. And I don't know if Miro was even there. Maybe he was. And he said yeah. that that's all bullshit, so who knows? Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I can't see unless it's setting up some sort of uh, feud between Jack Perry and and uh, CM Punk. But if they are, then why have Hook go over Jack on Jack Perry? Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't. Yeah, that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. No, <laughs> the but first one I did see was uh, CM Punk. Against uh, Samoa Joe. Now, the last time I actually saw Joe in action 
was in his dying days in NXT where he wasn't very good. I remember so, like his I, maybe against Karrion Cross when he won the NXT Championship because he like won the NXT Championship and then we never saw him again. Yeah, yeah, which wasn't very good. Um, so this was a nice surprise. It was more like the old Joe, even doing the thing where he he did the the old walk away. As, and I don't actually think CM Punk was expecting it because there was quite a lot of shocked look on his face when he realised that Joe wasn't going to catch him and the floor was coming up to meet him at speed. Or maybe that's just Punk selling good because those guys have wrestled each other like a million times. So yeah. Punk's got to know he ain't going to be there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it, it was way it was. It was a it was a decent match to open up, and uh, Punk defeated Joe. Which, considering that Punk is uh, sort of headlining this Saturday evening shenanigans, right. uh, that's understandable, really. Yeah, I think he's already referring himself as the uncrowned AEW champion, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had poor old JR on commentary for a cup of coffee. Oh, yeah. Before he got hooked. No relation to the other hook. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, a, it was, I know it was, it was supposed to be, I think, um, the, the, they're supposed to have Tony, they were supposed to be swapping around and have Tony Schiavone in, obviously, for the Sting, Darby Allen against whatever that was. Um, but uh, yeah, wasn't it Swerve and yeah, Swerve and but we'll get to that. But uh, let's have a look, see where we go. Yeah, uh, it, they sort of after the punk, we had the uh, triple threat six man tag match. A which, triple threat six man tag match. Yeah, yeah, sorry, it's a six man. <laughs> two lots of three. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, it would, I wouldn't put it past, you know, and that just sounds like a mayhem yeah, to me. I'm glad it wasn't a three-way. I'm glad it wasn't a three-way three match. Hmm. It was a uh, Takashi, they're a Bullet Cub Gold, which is Joe Juice Will Robinson and Jay Wyatt. And uh, they are up against the Golden Elite, which is Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Adam Page. So basically, it was old Bullet Club against new Bullet Club. Right. Uh, that was a good match. Um, as I said, the commentary, poor old JR got lost in this match. So at the end of that match, they basically said uh, that Tony Schiavone is tagging in and we never heard from JR again. It's sad. It's sad. I don't know. I can understand they're trying to keep him, give him a payday, but you know, just retire him off. Give him a nice little pension and retire him off now. You give him a payday. Yeah. Without. And that's not to say that Jim Ross can't contribute anything to the business because he can. It's just his days, his commentary probably are behind him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then we had the, what we might consider is, was the match of the night. Which was uh, for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. It was FTR, as it would be, against the Young Bucks. And 
considering my feelings on the Young Bucks, and I know yours as well, FTR actually got a decent wrestling match out of them. Here's the, thing, here's the thing that I will say about the Young Bucks. When they used to wrestle in, uh, when they had matches in New Japan, I did enjoy watching them when, New, when they were in New Japan because there wasn't as much bullshit. And like when I say bullshit, it's just the stuff they do is so corny sometimes. It's yeah. just absolutely corny. And they didn't do that shit in New Japan. And so I assume that that was kind of like the. Yeah, yeah, it was sort of that they weren't going to get away with FTR either. Like I said yesterday, me and you, or me and May, or you and the mayor could have a good match with FTR. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, FTR retained the title, which I was surprised and happy about. I thought with what everything that was going on with uh, a certain member of FTR at the moment that they'd put the titles on the on the Bucks. Yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised, but I mean, how many, the Young Bucks have won the AW Tag Team titles how many times? Oh, God knows. <laughs> no, actually, not that many. You're probably I, right. It, it can't, it's probably not more than two. I think it's only two or three. I think you're right. Yeah, it I, I think they've put more people over than they've actually won that title. Do you think they put, they, they put Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus over? Yeah, they did. That's true. A couple of times. That's true. And then there was the, the clusterfuck, excuse me, the stamp, stadium stampede match. Um, needless bleeding and violence for needly, needless bleeding and violence. And that's all that was. And like a, a pure disclaimer for, I mean, I know certain people are into that. Mm. That's just not our speed. That's just not what oh. we're into. I've never liked to really look at stuff like that at all even back in the ecw days some of that stuff was even too bloody for me when i was a teenager mm -hmm. uh, so I just, that's just not something that i'm into no nor me so uh, the less said about that the better really right we'll leave that to people who like to look at that yeah if that's your bag feel free to go and watch that um we had the women four way for the aew women's world championship um it was short. It was only eight minutes fifty for a four-way match. It didn't give people a lot of time to. There seemed to be more shenanigans before the bell than after the during the match. Um, Soraya looked as good as she's done for years, and I put that down to the fact they're in England and she's been spending time at home, yeah. probably in the family gym. I didn't see this match, but I saw something on Twitter that I can tell you right now that Tony Storm was looking good. I don't know how she wrestled, but other than Tony Storm is looking amazing at the moment. Lord Jesus. I saw her promos too and that new new character she's doing. That's some good shit right there, man. And we had a coffin match. I suppose they played on words a bit in the commentary. Because they said this was the first ever coffin match at Wembley. Now, technically that's true. Because in 1992, The Undertaker and Kamala had a casket match. But the difference between a casket and a coffin are so... <laughs> okay, the difference between a casket and a coffin. A coffin, you just go buy at the store. A hmm. casket is handmade, beautifully done in a six to nine month period by The Undertaker himself. That's, That's it. Uh, yeah, that is probably the difference. Uh, I'm glad I can clear that up. <laughs> and of course, it's Swerve Strickland, um, Christian Cage, 
Oh, it's Darby Allen and Sting. So there was lots of uh, Sting rather than having his usual baseball bat at a cricket bat. Mm, of course, yeah, it's <laughs> because they're in England. Uh, at one point, Darby Allen had his arm, had his hands uh, gaffer taped together. So he was going around, bouncing around and doing coffin drops and spears with no arms. If you like Darby Allen, I just want to ask you if you're going to like to watch him be in a wheelchair because that's where he's going. He's going that way. Um, they, they've got this huge... Well, you know, to be fair, you know, when I, when I try to explain the difference between a coffin and a casket to you guys... On one episode mm -hmm. of Superstars. Yeah. I think when we were looking at the original building of the casket and everything. And I said, a coffin is like a box with sides that looks like the shape of a person with a small top. But a casket is more of a box in an ornate box. Well, what they had there was a casket. It was an ornate box. Mm. It was a... In... Heavy, solid in eight box. And, of course, Darby Allen has to go off the top of the turnbuckle and smash himself straight onto it. No give nothing. Well, duh. <laughs> that's, like when the, that's like when the mayor tells us that he's listening to Hulk Hogan's theme music on the way to work on Friday. Yeah, man, we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We knew you did it. We knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, the faces were got over, so everybody was happy with that. Um, I'm looking forward to the day Darby Allen loses one and then somebody sets that motherfucker on fire. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> My own personal. Oh. And then we had Mr. Ocean Spray against Chris Jericho. As you said, two pricks in the ring. And I'm not going to put the other bit that I mentioned when uh, I let you know that they, it was Audrey, Aubrey yeah. referee in the match. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's what it was. Um, Osprey beat Chris Jericho. At the end of the match, uh, Sammy Guevara is trying to... Oh, my God. Is it the penis battle royal? Is it the dick battle royal? Is it the dick face battle royal? Is that what's happening? Yeah. I would have thrown the whole fucking show. I would have thrown my TV out the window at that point. I would have just tossed it he's, out the window. <laughs> he's trying to bring him round, and then Jericho wakes up and dismisses Sammy Guevara and storms off up the aisle. So obviously that's setting up a, a, a breakup of the Jericho Appreciation Society or whatever they call themselves. That's still happening? Well, I think Sammy was the last member. Okay. Not watching it regularly, I don't really know, but I know that it, I knew that it was sort of he was the last one, and now Jericho's turned his back on him, so that'll give him a few more weeks of uh, programming there. So I tried to keep my my bad. I wasn't going to say anything because I didn't have anything nice to say about anybody involved in that match. No, uh, good wrestlers, uh, judge character of human beings. Um, and then you brought in Sammy Guevara, and I'm like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, 
After that, it was Billy Gunn and the Acclaimed, Anthony Bowen and Max Kester. Uh, I'm not wrong in this thing. Eh? I said, God damn, Glenn. I'm not just wrong this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They rub against the House of Black. This was a House Rules, no holds barred, six man tag match for the AEW World Trio Championship. <laughs> and to be fair, um, they claim they're really over. This sesame gimmick, they had people in the crowd with huge pairs of scissors, obviously cardboard ones, but right, not really. ink and waving them about. And yeah, it wasn't too bad. It was entertaining. Again, the faces won. I did like um, the fact that uh, the House of Black came out to the Fireflies Oh, yeah, I did see that. They that nice. played tribute to Wyndham. And the reason why I put my hand, my head in my hands and, like, rub my face like that, I don't have against, nothing against any of the wrestlers in that match. It just sounds like there's a lot of no-DQ matches, and it just sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it is, it is, it was. Um, and then we got the singles match for the AEW World Championship. The schmooze fest that that was. Between MJF and Adam Cole. This thing about best buddies fighting, and then all it was really. Hang on a sec. I'm just going to turn the light on, otherwise, you're going to be losing me because it's getting dark. I don't want to be talking to the. Yeah. And Glenn said, let there be light. That's better. There we go. All this was really MJF won by Pinfall. Um, they teased the breakup at the end, and then it was all big hugs and smiles, and they're still the world tag team champions. And it was just a, baby, just a baby face now, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. It was just a schmooze fest, really. I saw okay. him do a... He did a dive during the match, I saw. So there was that. Sorry? He did a dive out of the ring during the match, I saw. Yeah, he did. Because yeah. they, they were saying, oh, he's never going to do a dive. And out he went. Yeah. But yeah, that was that. Um, I was entertained by it. That's, that's the best I can say about it. I mean, whatever you want to say. I mean, he... I don't really watch AEW. It's not really my thing. Um, but big for wrestling to be able to do something like that, and that's always fucking good. I think it's always a good thing. And if you're if you're if you're mad about one one company doing something over another, you don't work there, so stop being fucking stupid. I know it's ridiculous, isn't it? And mind you, it doesn't help that AEW is throwing it down their neck, throwing it down everybody's necks last night. Oh, this is this was the biggest attended wrestling event in history. So they're basically just dismissing every WrestleMania and everything. Well, I guess according, I don't know. 
I really don't know the numbers of all this shit. I know that they made a lot of money and um, they sold a lot of tickets and a lot of people were happy. So that's really all that matters. Well, that's all that matters. Yeah. And matters. hopefully this will stir uh, WWE up into getting us a WrestleMania over here in the next few years. I think it's going to happen now because um, if no, there's yeah. anything that the people in charge there have, it's an ego. Yeah. And if they think they're going to outsell me, well, watch this motherfucker. You don't think that's going to happen. It's happening. And that's that, a good thing. It's a good thing it, that that happens. Yeah. 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 It, pro it probably won't be at Wembley because it seems like uh, AEW got Wembley sewn up for the, the foreseeable. They're already booked next year's. Somewhere like some, yeah, but somewhere like the Etihad or Old Trafford or somewhere in Manchester or somewhere like that, that's going to take that's going to easily do that sort of those sort of figures, right? For a wrestling right. show, even in Cardiff again, they should have done it in money, yeah. they should have done it for money in the bank, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, well, there you have it. There's Glenn's little review of the AEW All In show. Um, but now, Glenn, are you ready to talk some 1997? I am. I am. So we are on to a pay per view, Glenn. It is in your house. Cold Day in Hell took place on May the 11th, 1997, from the Richmond Coliseum in Richmond, Virginia. The Richmond Coliseum here has held three WWF pay per views over the years. They held this one in 97, Armageddon 2000. Six, I'm getting in 2006. Backlash in 2016, and uh, I don't have any big notes from this arena. Like Poison didn't shoot any videos here or anything. It was closed down in 2019, and its last event was the Harlem Globetrotters basketball game. Glenn, are you familiar with the Harlem Globetrotters? I have seen the Harlem Globetrotters live a couple of times over here. Yes. Well, goddamn pal. I, I, I mean, I figured, but I didn't know for sure that they had been over there. Not surprised. Definitely. It's interesting. They have a baseball thing over here now. It's kind of like the Harlem Gotrars. They're called like the Savannah Bananas or something. Oh, right. And it's a bunch of like weird shit. They like play on filter and inning and then they're like dancing. And yeah, I, I think if I went and saw that after about an inning, I'd be like, why the fuck are they doing this dumb shit? Let's just play baseball. But that's because I'm almost 40. There's only, there's, yeah, there's only so many times you can see a, a, a ball hit off a tee or that sort of thing. Right. Before I'm just like, all right, I, I don't want to see outfielders dance anymore. No. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Uh, so they show a really cool video package um, opening the pay-per-view. You know, WWE is the best at doing video packages. Also, Glenn, did you feel like they upped the pyro budget for this show? Yes. Yeah, they seem to. Uh, this is actually, I'm not Revenge of the Taker. This actually felt like a pay-per-view. Yes. The setup of it felt bigger with like the rampway. They have it in their house thing, but then they have like the big steel rampway that brings it down. And the arena just looked bigger. Like it's not a huge arena by any means, but it was definitely bigger than the garage that they had the last pay per view in. Well, they got 9,300 in there. So that's not it looked bigger than that. Sorry? I thought it looked bigger than that. I thought it looked bigger than 9,000. Yeah. But. If that if it only takes sort of ten thousand, if that's the sort of the fire limit is ten thousand, nine thousand three hundred, it's not bad because you have right. to put everything in there as well. Right, right. Um, so we opened the pay-per-view uh with Flash Funk taking on Hunter or something. I mean, they even gave Flash Funk 
pyro when he came out. He's like yes. one of the only people that got one. I think because they took the funkettes away from him, they're like, all right, give him some pyro. Yeah, yeah. We're saving on the funkettes so you can have some pyro. God damn it, pal. Those funkettes cost $2,000 a week. How much is the pyro? 400 Get the pyro. <laughs> <laughs> and for some, for some reason, JR informs us that Flash has got six kids at home. Well, fuck. I want what what other job does he have besides wrestling? Because goddamn, <laughs> oh, dear. And the funkettes aren't going to be there because they're intimidated by China. Well, that's not unsurprising, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I I believe that uh, <laughs> totally. They probably didn't just you know release them. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. The fact we never see him again is neither here nor there. They were so scared of China, they left forever. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so like while while I don't understand why they had this match, because Hunter Assembly is currently, I guess, in a feud with Gold Dust, but I don't yeah. know why facing Gold Dust then. They also mentioned that Triple H is a close friend of John F. Kennedy Jr., which I thought was really funny that uh mm -hmm. JR would say that. They'd probably get sued for some shit like that now. Yeah. <laughs> Unless he is. Unless he was. That's true. I don't know where I don't know what Triple H was into. Maybe maybe he was. Um the other thing this with this match is they show a little a row of empty seats, and apparently these are for the Heart Foundation that bought their tickets through a scalper. Now I believe that a scalper is the same thing as a as a ticket out. Yep, that illegally gains gains tickets, and then sells them on at an inflated price. So why a are the Heart Foundation having to buy tickets through a scalper for one? <laughs> Two. Why is the company not disciplining them for buying said tickets from said scalper? Right. And three, those tickets are illegal. That's what I thought too, but I said, wait a minute. Got the tickets. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. I don't know if it's <laughs> illegal now, but in 1997, I know it was fucking illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can do that shit. So who's <laughs> snitching? Somebody's snitching is the first thing I thought. Who is it? Who's snitching around here? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, Glenn, excellent point. I thought the exact same thing. I said, like, hold on, wait a minute. Yeah, all right. Say that they bought their own tickets. You don't have to put in that they're from a scalper. So they also show like, this clip from Shotgun Saturday Night of trying to like give them a low blow, a couple of low blows to Mankind. And I'm wondering if this, because I know Mankind and Triple H have like a big feud throughout the feud, throughout 1997, the summer. And I wonder if that's kind of the catalyst for how it started right there. Because I think they're trying to do something with Mankind where they're going to try to turn him babyface because they're about to do those interviews with JR. So I think they're trying to turn him a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that was just like an interesting addition to to um, <laughs> it's basically nothing match. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the match was okay. It, I, I, it just didn't have any story behind it. You know what I mean? No, that was it. It was it, it, it was a throwaway. It, it was a filler, really. They didn't have enough stories going on. With the Hulk Foundation not actually defending the tag team titles, this was the sort of a filler match just to fill that gap. 
Yeah, which they had a dark match. They had the dark match was Animal and Hot versus Owen and Bulldog. So I don't know why they didn't just throw that on the pay-per-view. Oh, right. <laughs> I guess that would have killed their whole storyline of the, the, yeah. the, the Heart Foundation had to buy tickets to get in here because they were already working. Yeah, they were working. <laughs> Not to mention the fact that they all work for WWF anyway, but whatever. Um, <laughs> we're going to keep poking holes in this and we're going to be poking holes in it all day. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, eventually Triple H, I mean, China gets involved. She she kind of lays out five over the clothes and outside the ring. Quacks right across the match. <laughs> she knocked him in the next week. <laughs> she did. There was a lot of knocked in the next week on this pay-per-view, man. Let me yeah. Um, yeah, Flash did some cool moves, but eventually he goes for a four, uh, 450 splash on the top rope of uh, Triple H, knocks it down. He hits a suplex and a pedigree for a win. Like I said, a uh, decent match, but could have been a, a match on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, that's exactly it. It was, as I, as I say, it was an acceptable opener. Yes. For what, for what it was, 10 minutes 15, it was all right. And then after the match, China picks up Flash Funk like he's a child and drops some balls first on the top rope. Now, I don't know if she asked if he, he said, China, will you please drop me balls first on that top rope? I've got six kids at home and I don't want seven. Now, maybe that happened. I don't know. Yeah, it may be. <laughs> Might have happened. Um, they then like show us like some footage of Ken Shamrock whooping people's asses in the UFC, and I was like, they should have showed me this on Raw, not his fucking family. Yeah, exactly. Why did we see him horse riding and all the rest of it? Now you believe he's, a, he's the world's most dangerous man because you see him whipping us. I mean, that, yeah, that was like, well, I, that does it for me. They do an interview with Ken Shamrock. I guess he was attacked by Vader and Mankind before at the, yes. uh, the free-for-all before the pay-per-view. So they kind of yeah. just asked him about that a little bit. He didn't really say anything interesting. He's in his zone, and you can't get in his zone. Yeah, I'm in the zone. Yeah. Even when Mankind and Vader whooped his ass, he's still in his zone. And what, what comes later, I'm not surprised he had to be. Yeah, good Lord. Somebody had, They were in some kind of zone. Lord Jesus, they got knocked out of the zone and back into it a couple times. Um, the next match, Glenn, is like uh, Mankind is going to take on Rocky Maya Villa. Uh, it's crazy to think where these two's careers are going to go and how intertwined they are going to be yeah. when you look at this. It's crazy. That's right. Yeah, um, we get Rocky before so it may be success came too soon for him. Oh, we do, Glenn, and if we do, we're going to have to hear what... I have the rock. Hold on. I just got to pad it. I have the Rocks promo, right? Mm -hmm. We got Babyface Rocky, and uh, I didn't think this one was so bad compared to a lot of other promos. But what's no. Did it come too quickly for Rocky Maivia? Did success come too soon? Yeah, you know what, Todd? Maybe success did come too soon. But at the same time, I've learned a whole hell of a lot here in the World Wrestling Federation. I even surprised myself with the success I've had. Like I said, I've I learned a whole hell of a lot on the way up. I also learned a whole hell of a lot more on the way down. And, and you know what, Todd? This isn't about my destiny. This is about my determination. About determination, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, this this was the best match we've seen from Rocky Maivia. Yeah, yeah. Good. Well, you know, it's that thing, isn't it? It's mankind. It's... Mick Foley, can you have a bad match with him? 
and especially like uh, a character like man not, not really a character but just like a person that mick is he's very giving and he gave a lot to the rock in this match he and he's not shy about letting you you know beat him up a little bit which he let rocky do um the only the only problem with this is like the crowd didn't give a shit <laughs> about none of it until until the very end they were not into it at all no well you see part of that is this is this was again it's another thrown together match at that time i didn't know that it was going to be the, the the first the rock versus mankind in many matches right and there'd been no build-up to it it's not as though Rocky had had any dealings with Mankind or Vader or Paul Bearer, had he? So he hadn't even come to the ring to help The Undertaker when he got attacked. Right. So I had heard that the plan for this was supposed to be Mankind versus Sid, but since Sid came up injured, they had to just stick Rocky in there, and that's kind of why you get this cold match here. Yeah. Um, But... But yeah, like the rock even hits a rock bottom on the yeah. like the steel rampway on mankind, which was fucking something that you didn't see a lot of. And that it got a reaction from maybe five or six people that were near it, but that's yeah. it. Like nobody even reacted to that. Like the rock could have took out a gun and shot him, and they wouldn't have made a sound. Uh, that's a, yeah, I, I put that that the crowd were dead along with mankind. <laughs> yeah, I want some steel. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, then the Rock almost gets the little bit of an inside cradle, um, and then he hits a big clothesline to the back of Mankind's head. He even hits the shoulder breaker, but he doesn't go for the cover. He heads up to the top rope, and this was a really cool. Rocky hits that big cross body, but Mankind rolls straight through and puts the mandible claw in his mouth. And that is excellent. He's yes. so good at doing that. He didn't even realize it was happening until they called it on the commentary. That that's what he'd done. Really, really well done. And I got a big reaction from the crowd. When the crowd yeah. realized that he was about to choke the rock out, then everybody got up and started. <laughs> yeah. This guy would be booing for weeks. They're trying to put him across as a baby face. He's now going to die at the hands of mankind. That makes us happy. <laughs> yeah. And I know it's coming up soon that the rock gets injured and he's going to, I mean, Rocky is going to get injured. He's going to go away for a while and he's going to come back and join the nation. So, um, yeah. Looking forward to when that comes around. Uh, so then uh, the next match is going to be the gauntlet match. They show us a replay of, you know, last week when Crush had a gauntlet match and the last person was Ahmed Johnson in an awful Green Bay Packers uh, um, jacket yes. beating up Crush. And then what, did you notice when the white rappers came out, they're, they're hardcore in the performance, man. Oh, yeah, they were definitely putting on a, a pay-per-view worthy of performance. They were well into it. They were like, Listen to what I'm saying. This for real. I'm not playing. Farouk is the man, so hit your knees and stop praying. <laughs> Mason is the man crossing T's and dotting eyes. He always tells the whole truth and never tells a lie. They look like they just got up. Yeah. <laughs> then, Glenn, we get to hear the promo goal of Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed, the odds, oh, no God, doubt, yeah. stacked against you. You know what, the odds always stuck against me. But Farouk, if you're any kind of man, do a step in the ring first. See, this is all about, this is about me and you. This ain't about the other two goons you brung. But I tell you what, since you bring them to the party, they might as well dance. Cause I tell you what, after tonight, me or you all, somebody's going to the end. 
Well, this the prop again. This is picking holes, I know. But the problem with that statement is, is if Crush beats him, then nobody goes to the end. So it's all like, the only one that can go to the end is him. I got mixed up in his words. Mm. I think that's what happened. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess Probably. it makes sense because you know he's a, he's really angry, and you know if I was really angry, I might not get my words correctly either. So I guess it makes sense. We shouldn't give yeah. him so much grief. I guess. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. See, it would have made sense if we said because I'm going to the end. Yeah, and maybe that's what he was planning on saying, but he just got you know. Just right yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've, yeah, we've we've never uh, credited Ahmed with great promos, especially when he hasn't got his friend two by four there with him. That, right, he was missing the two by four, which I don't know why. There must not have been one left over. A hacksaw Jim Duggan had to be at the Virginia Richmond Virginia Coliseum. He had to. Be. Yeah. Uh, so they tell Farouk's got the flu and he's still got the arm sling. Uh, the whole nation's down there until Gorilla Monsoon makes his way down and kicks them all out. So get the fuck out of here. You guys got to go. Um, so we're going to start off with Crush versus Ahmed Johnson. Um, out of the three matches that Ahmed's going to have here, this was probably the best one, but that's not saying a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that Ahmed didn't you, you try to use a falcon arrow very often. Because that was the ugliest thing I ever saw. It wasn't good. No, it was not. <laughs> Crush landed a really nice super kick in this match, which you don't, you don't see a lot of super kicks from Crush, but I thought it was a nice little super kick. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Who who sat in the back and thought, yeah, Ahmed Johnson can have three matches in a row. He's winded after four minutes. Four minutes he's tired. And then yeah. he won't have four matches. I mean, three matches. Come on. Yeah, yeah he's a little bit muscle-bound and... Uh... Easily blown up, and he cardio is not his strong point. Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, Johnson lifts a lot, you know, does a lot of squats, doesn't run the treadmill that much. No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, at one point, Crush locked in a sleeper, which was ironic because I started to fall asleep a little bit watching this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I love it that the nation decided that they were more fr frightened of Gorilla Monsoon than they were keen to help their compatriot. They were. They were not. They, they stood at the ramp, but they would not go down to the ring. Um, gorilla. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Monsoon, I mean, Gorilla Monsoon, that's what I meant. Yes, yes, I knew he meant. Uh, Ahmed finishes that off finally with a spinning, with a spin kick. At five minutes forty, that went on four minutes forty too long. God damn, Glenn, that was only five minutes. Yeah, it felt like it felt like forever. It <laughs> it yeah, the thing with these the, the, these sort of gauntlet matches, they should be a quick squash. One of yeah, a quick squash, then a slightly harder match, then you go on to the. The sort of the boss encounter, right? You should have you should have beat Crush quick, caught him with something quick when he wasn't paying attention. Had a little bit better, and I say Crush first, and then Salyuega. Salyuega is a little bit better worker than Crush. Yeah, I think that would be better for the longer match. And then the end, Farouk should have beat him in like a minute and twenty seconds. That's right. Yeah, because he was been well blown. Well, he was well blown up by then, so that would have made sense. Yeah. 
So Vega comes down. He's limping, but as he gets co- until he gets closer into the ring, and then you realize that that's all bullshit, and he's fine because he's not. <laughs> um, Ahmed hits some some big clotheslines. It's a, a big back body drop. Um, I take it back, Glenn. Now that I think about it, this was the better match than the first. Yeah, <laughs> I take it back. And that was down to Savio's bumping rather than because yeah. because Ahmed really is. He's a he, he's a few blinks away from being asleep here. He's that blown up. Yeah, yeah he really is. Um, yeah. So uh, Savio Vega, um, he like somebody how the the turnbuckle pad gets exposed, and Savio Vega laid in the gentlest uh, turnbuckle corner smash to the head I've ever seen. He just barely tapped. On yeah. His head. <laughs> he, he did it lovingly. <laughs> Yeah, don't hit him too hard. I was knock him out. Well, maybe wake him up. That's what I, that's what I would have been <laughs> To be fair, the end of this one, it is genius. You don't lose it, you get disqualified. But in the process, you beat the guy up for, for, the, for your leader to come in next with a chair before you before you go. Yeah. No, okay. But the only decent bit of storytelling in this match, or this series of matches, whichever way you want to put it, <laughs> yeah, it was the last match against Farouk here because I mean that's like like John John said in the promo, it's all really between Farouk and, and Johnson. He brought those other guys with him, so they got really nothing to do with this. It's between these two because it started between these two. Um, so yeah, so Farouk comes down. Rips the arm sling off, so nothing's wrong with him. He starts, you know, uh, punishing Johnson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I got to get myself back together. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he starts punishing Ahmed, is what I should have said. Yeah, uh, well. <laughs> went to the Almost went to the inside cradle, but Farouk gets, uh, gets, kicks out. Ahmed jumps to the spine buster and a pearl over plunge, but because he's so injured from being beaten with the chair, he's not able to get the pin right away. So when he finally does, Farouk kicks out. Um, Farouk then hits a chop block on Ahmed Johnson, then hits the dominator and gets the win, Lynn. And yeah. the nation will, win, will live on, and so will this feud. That's <laughs> uh, uh, the oxygen ready. Uh, the back Ramid here because he was definitely out. He was yeah. running fumes at this point. He didn't even have the energy to try to chase the people down from the nation to beat them up. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it. He didn't even have the energy to argue with the referee properly. No, he, he, I, 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 like I said, I don't know who ever thought that him wrestling three nights in a row was a good idea, but it wasn't. No, <laughs> Ahmed Johnson was great. In short doses, he's like Goldberg, you know what I mean? This could have been they could have had the three, but this could have all been sort of condensed into five minutes, which would have been fine. Pramid yeah. had everybody concerned. Squash crush in a couple of minutes. Then have Savio come in, do a couple of moves, and then go into hitting him with the chair right. and get disqualified. And then you have a three or four minute match with Farouk. And that would have been fine, but they just stretch it out too long. 
Yeah, it was like half the pay-per-view. Hmm. No right to be half the pay-per-view. Um, so, Glenn, business is about to pick up because the next match is Vader versus Ken Shamrock in a no-DQ MMA-type match. You can only win by knockout or submission. It was weird because they showed a graphic that said there was a standing eight count. Oh, when the graphic went away, JR informed us that there were no standing eight <laughs> Which I'm glad they didn't, because that would have been really bad if it had standing eight counts. It was bad. Like, I didn't even like the fact that they made a break in the rope so much. You know what I mean? Like, at first. Hmm. Yeah, but there was a reason for that. Because they told they told a good bit of the story with that. that Because uh, Vader was using that to his advantage. Right. And Ken Shamrock was totally confused by it. Yeah, because, you, you know, you're not allowed. In the UFC, there are no ropes. You know, no. You're, you just can't grab the cage, and if you're fighting against it, that's fine. Um, yeah. So, like, of besides like Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Undertaker, I think I thought Ken Shamrock got the biggest reaction from the crowd. He got a big oh. reaction when he came out. Hmm. So perhaps riding horses and the rest of it have actually done the trick for him. Yeah, maybe we don't know what the fuck we're talking about, boy. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Shamrock lands like some stiff kicks to Vader's legs, and I legit think these piss Vader off. Yeah, they definitely look like it. Because Vader at that point was using it, it was was messing about a bit, and just going to the outside, and then and then he realized that he was actually in a fight. I think. <laughs> yeah, he figured it out pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, because those those kicks snapped and there, well, there wasn't nobody slapping their leg in this match. Not a, that no one would have slapped their leg in this match. This <laughs> was violence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, it's a, it was that sort of thing. Kate was trying. It, it was really good because it, Vader was frustrating Kane Shamrock with his wrestling savvy. That every time Ken Shamrock tried to lock something in, as soon as Vader escaped from it, he was out the ring as quick as possible. Knowing that there's no 10 count or anything. So, yeah. Um, and then Ken Shamrock, and I, I know Vader had to have helped do this because Ken Shamrock did like an overhead belly to back suplex on Vader. And I, I know Ken Shamrock's strong, but I don't think you would have been able to throw Vader all the way over without Vader jumping. You know what I mean? Oh, that's it. Yeah. But then a point at some point, um after Shamrock's thrown in more stiff kicks, it looked like Vader really gave him a receipt with a very stiff short forearm. Oh yeah, he fucking leveled him with that. And I think we told we told the mayor as soon as I got done watching this, you know, go check this out. You need to see this match. And he said he watched it during his lunch break, and he, he mentioned those too. Like he, he said he thinks that short arm clothesline, the, the forearm to the face, was probably a receipt for those kicks. <laughs> and then Vader picks him up for a front suplex and just drops him over the top rope all the way to the fucking floor. <laughs> that, that was my own God moment. It wasn't carefully putting him over there. He just boom! Like a sack of spuds. He just went down. People, people weren't doing this yet, but a holy shit chant should have broke out for that because good <laughs> God. 
Because yeah. I thought when he, I was like, oh, he's going to drop him down across the top rope. And then when he dropped him over the top rope, I was like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> and that floor didn't have any padding or anything like they do nowadays. I was like probably that thin. It wasn't yeah. anything that's going to help you. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they start trading punches on the ramp then, and then Vader again levels Ken Shamrock with the right hand. And yeah. I think Ken Shamrock like, hit his head on the steps when he fell back too, because the steps were like right behind him when he fell. And he, I, you have if you've never seen this match, or even if you have before, go watch it because this thing was fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was a precursor to Gunter matches. Yeah, this match could have been on NXT UK. It would have been a main event on NXT. It would have. It would have. Yeah. I know at one point uh, Vader actually decided to wrestle him and try to get him into a leg lock, <laughs> which you don't see often from Vader. Because because came it's pretty. You know, pretty nifty at getting out of submission holds like that. Because, you know, this is what he'd been doing with shoot fight. So, Vader gets really pissed off with the fact that he's escaped again. So, he wallops him so hard straight, he flies into the corner. (laughs) Like, there's no way you can't tell me they weren't firing live rounds in there. (laughs) No. I don't know if they just went up into each other in the back and said, all right, motherfucker, just hit me. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I think that was case. I think that probably a case that, that it was. It, you know, it was, it was a meeting of minds. Yeah, you know, we don't care if we hurt each other. It was like, it is like that Ilya Walter uh, thing as we don't care if we hurt each other as long as it looks good. Where I just don't break my teeth. That's all I care about. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, Vader, so. goes, yeah, Vader goes up for his uh, patented moonsault, but Ken gets out of the way of it. He just splat onto the mat. So he doesn't actually see him miss them very often. No, you, oh, well, not so much in WCW, but in WWE, I feel like he misses them a lot. Hmm. And then that sets up Shamrock for the comeback. Yeah, Ken starts like firing, punches and kicks to Vader. He hits a big slam. He tries to lock in a couple of submissions, but Vader keeps getting in the ropes. He starts landing and punches and like knees to Vader's face in the corner. Mm-hmm. And then Vader finally just gets sick of this shit and fucking Molly whops him one good more time and knocks him down <laughs> flat on his back. Back at it. <laughs> he he had the he had the the savvy. And the good man is not to physically punch him, but he gave him such a backhander. <laughs> yeah, he felt like a ton of bricks. But then Vader <laughs> tries to like swoop in for the kill. Uh, but then uh, Shamrock's able to lock in the ankle lock, and Vader taps out, and Shamrock is going to get the win here. So I don't think like tapping out really wasn't a thing in WWE WF. I think this might be one of the first times we've seen it. Usually, you had to say "I quit." Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was basically the UFC rules, wasn't it? Yeah, that's true. So. But I literally, if, if in 1997, if you had a friend who never watched wrestling and you showed them that and you said wrestling was real, I'd fucking believe it. Yeah, a lot of people would. They'd look like they were hurting each other. Because they fucking were hurting each other. 
That was fucking yeah. It, I we could talk about it all day. It was an amazing match. Yeah, they said, they amazing. certainly weren't working light there. Oh god, god. Yeah. You see, some of some of the guys they were always going on about um, how stiff Leon worked. Well, you got another guy in there that's saying, "Please work stiff with me." Of course, he's going to. Right, he's not going to have any problem with that one. <laughs> So next up, it's the main event. Stone Cold Steve Austin going to take on The Undertaker, and we get an Austin promo, and they're always gold. The Hart Foundation will be in. I don't give a damn about five empty seats, because all that means is that the Hart family is going to be that much closer to Stone Cold Steve Austin. And after I whip The Undertaker's ass, I'll take all five of them and send all five of them straight back to Calgary in a bunch of wheelchairs. I don't know if The Undertaker's checked the weather lately, but I'll be damned if hell ain't about to freeze over, and that's the bottom line. <laughs> a lot of a bit of uh, foreboding of what's to come. I love that. Yeah, that was that was some good shit. <laughs> They're that much closer to me. Get me hands on them. <laughs> well, now we have got the two big, ba two biggest baby faces in the company right now, main eventing one on one for the title. Uh, both men get to the ring and they have a little bit of a stare down. But then, Glenn, these tick, these illegal ticket scalpers who illegally bought their tickets from a scalper are coming from the back to get to the seats. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they just let them in the back door after all. Yeah. <laughs> You know, last time when well, last time I, I got some scout tickets for the Nebraska game, I just walked onto the field <laughs> with the players. Yeah, yeah of course you did. <laughs> in front of in front of his players' entrance. Yep, absolutely. I was in the tunnel walk. I was there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but the crowd was going like you can't say that they were cheering, but there was just like a buzz in that arena as soon yeah. as they come out. And Pillman's great. He's he's on the barricade. He's swinging the crutches. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was a sign that shit's about to go down. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, the, the, the like the whole like the whole bill like aura of the building changed as soon as they came out. It was pretty incredible to see. And Jr. even said on commentary, like, "I wish you could be here with us to feel what this energy is like," and you can almost feel it through the TV screen. You know what yeah. I mean? What made me laugh is this is the real ultimate. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. Is that they both actually stopped the match and went down there and had a go at the bloody hearts. <laughs> yeah, it happens multiple times. So Austin, of course, takes the opportunity of being the Undertaker being distracted. He starts beating him up. Undertaker can get his belt or his cape off. Austin just stops beating the Undertaker up, goes outside the ring, pulls Owen Hart over the barricade, and starts <laughs> whooping his ass. Yeah. Uh, Undertaker comes out, punches Austin. A few times throws him into the ring steps and then punches Owen right back into his seat and then punches Davey for good measure. Yeah, punches Owen back in the seat. <laughs> that was so great. Because <laughs> there was just like, like you remember, I think it was we saw it, but like Paul Barrett was on one side of the ring and the Undertaker was wrestling and he literally just hit the fall out of the ring, land on his feet and just punch Paul Barrett in the face. Yeah, this was sort of like that. It was just oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the king chops it off and they can't be hitting fans. Are you kidding me? You can't be hitting fans. And JR's like, Are you getting emotional? 
there was some good banter between those those two. Then we get the uh, rope walk for Taker. He gets a two count. And JR insisting that Brian Pillman is not a member of the Hart Foundation. Duh. Yes, he is. <laughs> I thought he was. Um, what is he, Bret Hart's nurse? Yeah. <laughs> the wheelchair pusher? I'll get it. And then it seemed like there were some people in the crowd were fucking with the hearts. And I got to wonder, how many beers does it take for you to think you could fuck with Davy Boy Smith or Jim Nightheart? Like, what makes you think? <laughs> Never enough. Never no. enough. I've never had enough beer or any substance to think that that was a good idea. There is a reason why in a shoot fire I never picked on Davy. And that's because he's a big bastard. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. Because I saw like multiple people being removed from the crowd by security. Uh, we saw Jim Nightheart like screaming at a fan and then screaming at the security for them to do their job. So if they would have tried to come through the crowd, it would have been even more of a scene. <laughs> yeah. For those that don't know, I'll, I'll quickly tell the story for those that haven't heard it. Um, back in the day, I did a charity wrestling match with my tag team partner at the time. It was against the British Bulldogs. Um, it was set up by a wrestler who was on, w on World of Sport a few years earlier. I don't think he was still wrestling by called Zoltan Boschek. He owned a pub just down the road from the venue where we did this. So he's good mates with my dad. That's how we ended up getting involved in this. But uh, after the match, after the, the, the show had finished, we all went back to the pub. Obviously, had quite a few more beers. Um, people would start play wrestling and the everything. Of course, Davey being Davey, um, He's having an argument with Tom, the dynamite kid. Yeah. Um, that I could beat him in a in a shoot judo match. And of course, everybody being on the slightly drunk side goes, All right, go for it. So there's us two rolling around. And uh, yeah, I, I managed to submit him with an armbar, and that is how I became a armbar abbot. And B, I got the, the thing originally from Jeremy that now Brent uses as a dynamite stretching. Yes. Yes. I did, not, I did not make that beginning thing up. The only thing I make up was what Glenn's more over than, and most of the time I can't even do that right. I stole that from Glenn's more <laughs> Jordan co-host Jeremy. Yeah. So that was that's where that all came from. Yeah. So yeah. That and Glenn had one less tooth at that point as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um that got kicked out. Out of my mouth in the ring. Um, there's me. a lot of wrestling podcasts, but none of them can claim they have less teeth than this wrestling podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I was surprised we got a lot of good submission wrestling in this match. These guys have we, a lot of submission holds. We certainly did. And like, and another thing about like Austin and and Undertaker, and they'll have a lot of matches during the Attitude Era. And I always think that their timing always seems a little bit off. And that so they weren't always the best dance partners in the ring. But I didn't think that was the case in this match. No. Um, this is why I, I 
I actually, when people go on about um, America Badass Taker, I actually think he was probably doing his best work at this time, his best in-ring work anyway. Yeah. Um, he was at his sharpest. He certainly was moving quite well. Yep. The hips hadn't quite <laughs> disintegrated to the state where he could hardly walk yet. And as you say, he was still doing the things like going over the top rope and landing on his feet yep. and the occasional dive over the top rope. Yep. Which shows that he was still in fairly uh, sound condition. Yeah. No, I mean, he, 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 the, later in his career, you would see that dive over the top rope, but you would only see it at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You would only do it once. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And unfortunately, as we go on through 97 into 98 and 99, you'll, we will see the disintegration of The Undertaker and, yeah. you know, in effect, his physical well-being deteriorates very quickly, which is sad. I think we'll see a lot of him wrestling injured, too, is another yeah. thing. Yeah. Austin hits, like, a chop block on The Undertaker. He starts to work on the knee. He even wraps The Undertaker was uh, kneel on the ring post a couple of times, and then he Turns around and lets the uh, the Heart Foundation know that they are indeed number one. <laughs> there was a lovely little bit in this for JR on when Austin tries an STF. Uh, JR calls it, and Lawler says to JR, "What's an STF? Oh, what's <laughs> it stand for?" And Russ quips, "Maybe if you move, if you moved outside of Memphis, you'd learn a new move." <laughs> yeah, it's got some good banter between these two during the show. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. Um, Undertaker goes through old school. Austin sends some crashing down balls first on the top rope, though this time, and then Austin goes through a superplex, but Taker is able to counter it with like a like a front suplex from the top rope. Um, at one point, um, Undertaker locks in a sleeper hold, but Austin counters like a they call it like a modified thunder, but it was more like. The Undertaker's jaw to the top oh, of Austin's head. It was a jawbreaker, yeah. yeah. And then this was another funny part. Austin low blows uh, the Undertaker in front of the referee. Hebner yeah. starts like giving Austin the business, like don't do that. He turns around, Austin flips him off while he turns around, and then Taker yeah. then low blows Austin. Austin tries to complain to the referee, and the Austin uh, the referee's like, "Hey man, you kicked him in the balls," and then flips Austin <laughs> off, which was really yeah. at this point. This is this was a strange bit. Just after this, after all that, um, there's a choke slam, and then which Austin rolls out of the ring, which he would do, so you don't get pinned. And then he gets back in, and Undertaker sets up the stunner on Austin, and Brian Pillman rings the bell. How did he get the bell to start with? <laughs> it was an overzealous fan, Glenn, is what the king said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then, like, you know, the whole thing stops because they're all wondering why the bell's yeah. ringing. And then Pillman, and then the Undertaker uh, gets Austin in a uh, in a tombstone, but then Austin counters, but then Undertaker <laughs> counters again, hits the tombstone for the three count. And then as soon as the bell rings, everybody but Bret Hardy's in a wheelchair, gets in the ring. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, these stupid motherfuckers, at least one of you needs to stay with the fucking guy in the wheelchair. Yeah, standing cock. <laughs> if I'm Bret Hart, I'm going, hey, 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 hey. 
The fact Jimmy Evel Nyhart came back specifically as Brett, uh, Brett's minder. Yeah. So why is he not at least? Then the other three get on with it and stand it back then and mind Brett. Right. Yeah, I thought that was weird too. So Austin goes out and sees Brett over there. He goes and just dumps Brett out of the wheelchair, which I thought was funny. Grabs Brett's crutch. He hits the ring. Uh, him and the Undertaker kind of clear the the ring of all of them together. Austin then gives the, a stunner to the Undertaker, and then he chases the hearts off. And the Undertaker gets up and chases Austin off as the show goes off the air. Um, I think that this is probably by far the best pay per view we've uh, reviewed so far. Yeah. Um, apart from the Armour Johnson nonsense, I would recommend people go back and watch all of this. Fast forward through that bit, but apart from that, this is a definitely a pay-per-view worth watching. And even if you watch the, the fast forward until you get to the part where Savio Vega's beating Ahmed Johnson with the chair and just watch yeah. it. <laughs> watch it from there. <laughs> yeah, because the the last match is is really fun with like the heart the all the you know the Heart Foundation being involved and all that stuff. So that was really fun. Uh, even the first two matches that didn't really have any story behind them were still good matches. And were good matches. matches. Yeah, that, that was the thing. They were good matches. And both of them in their ways had uh, little bits in um, that were of things to come, shall we say. Yeah, definitely. Definitely did. Um, and it shows you like, kind of like a turn of different people's characters. Like you're seeing yeah. a different side of uh, mankind. You're seeing maybe a little bit of a different side of Triple H where he's stepping out of that, you know, rich snob thing mm. to like a, just a fucking overall prick. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so now we're headed to King of the Ring will be our next our next pay-per-view that we review, but we will start looking at more Raws next week. That was another thing I forgot to mention on that. Uh, <laughs> is that Triple... Is that Triple... Is that... Triple H match. There was a reference to him getting punched on the nose. And, uh, and the king says, How could you miss that nose? Uh, the first dig at the giant nose. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ben, I think we're both like two thumbs up on this one, right? Two thumbs up. Yep. Well, Glenn, what do we need to do? What do we need to plug before we get out of here? Uh, I'm booking the ter territory with. Danny and Rob, excuse me, I'm uh, getting a bit uncomfortable here. Um, they've just finished their very last episode of Unbooking the Tankatory. So no more Tank Abbott. So we're passing the baton on to us then for Sid. Um, DDT Wrestling with DC and Doc. Bang Bang Podcast with Andy. He'll be back soon. He's just finishing up his... Uh, his uh, exams for his shoot job, and he'll be back. And then, of course, if you're a sci-fi fan out there, there's the Doctor Who podcast with Danny and Cy. Yeah, make sure you check that out. Also, if you haven't listened to our new show out where we talk, we, we all gave our top ten list of worst gimmicks <laughs> of all time. That is on YouTube or wherever you would listen to on your favorite podcast app. Uh, we 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 there was a lot on that show. I suggest you watch the YouTube version because we did watch an Arachnid Man match, a little bit of one, and we watched the debut match of uh, Fantasio where he debags people. And if you're American, you don't know what debagging means. You'll have to listen to that show or watch it so you can see what debagging is. I assure mm -hmm. you, you do want to know. 
Um, yeah. Check that out if you haven't already. Give the other part of our podcast team, the mayor of Canton, a follow. It's at mayor of Canton. He does the meal with the mayor every Wednesday where he tries fast food so you don't have to or or makes you want to eat it or in Glenn's case, too bad because you can't fucking have it. Um, yeah. And make sure you check out Sports Wire Radio. Give our buddy Thomas Bryce a follow on all of the social medias, X or Twitter or Instagram, threads, whatever it is. Make sure you do it. Follow us on TikTok. We're on TikTok now, but we'll be doing no dancing for the time being. Um, and the new show, I don't know shit. The life and times of Psycho Sid will be coming your way soon, so be on the lookout for that. I think that's it, Glenn. I don't have anything else, right? No, that's it. And then that means there's only thing left to do, and that's for Glenn to say goodbye. Goodbye. I stole that from Germany, too, by the way. <laughs>